today on the newscast, is Israel set to retaliate against Hezbollah? Plus, is Iran set to cut off arms to its allies in Yemen? Get all the breaking details next. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. We told you here last week about that major attempted terror attack in northern Israel. Now, a terrorist planted a bomb, a very powerful bomb, according to the Israel Defense Forces, at Megiddo Junction in northern Israel. Thankfully, no one was killed, but one Israeli citizen, a 21-year-old Arab Israeli citizen, was seriously wounded when this bomb exploded. Folks, you can only imagine, again, this was a major, major explosive device, according to the Israel Defense Forces. You can only imagine if more people were in the vicinity of this bomb when it went off, what kind of carnage would have ensued. Many would have likely been killed and seriously wounded. The terrorist, according to the Israel Defense Forces, entered Israel from Lebanon, from Israel's northern border. He was most likely, almost certainly, sent by the terror group Hezbollah. Now, after he planted that bomb, he attempted to escape back into Lebanon. He was intercepted by the Israel Defense Forces, and he was killed. But folks, in the aftermath, questions remain. How exactly did he enter Israel from Lebanon? That is a heavily fortified heavily guarded border. I've been on the Israel-Lebanon border many, many times. Now the Israel Defense Forces believe that he used what they originally thought may have been a terror tunnel, but it wasn't a terror tunnel. He apparently entered Israel from Lebanon uh, using a ladder, which is a very interesting way to go, a more rudimentary way to enter the country. We have shown you, and we'll show you again in a minute, in the past that Hezbollah has dug several terror tunnels going from southern Lebanon uh, into Israel. But this particular terrorist who planted the bomb last week apparently used a ladder to cross the border. Not quite sure how that happened. The Israel Defense Forces are still conducting a major investigation. We talked about this last week on the newscast. If you miss any newscast, by the way, you can check them out in our archives. Just go to newscasts on the homepage. And while you are there, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted. These are the kinds of important stories, folks, that the mainstream media is ignoring. Important because a small, seemingly smaller incident like this, one terrorist crossing into Israel, it was a largely unsuccessful terror attack. He was neutralized. Nevertheless, these smaller incidents could be the spark that ignites a larger regional war. We've seen this before. We saw it in 2006 along the Israel-Lebanon border, the last time Israel and Hezbollah went toe-to-toe, when Hezbollah kidnapped two Israeli soldiers. Hezbollah did not expect much of a response from Israel, but they got quite the opposite. Israel responded with overwhelming force, severely weakening Hezbollah, leaving that terror organization battered to the point where they have not attempted any kind of major action against Israel in the past 17 years as their leader, Sheikh Hassan Nasrallah, lives underground, fearing for his life, fearing for assassination on a daily basis. Israel promised last week after this attempted bombing that the people behind it, those behind it, would be held responsible. What does that entail? How does Israel retaliate? How does Israel respond? Does Israel perhaps 
target a Hezbollah terror leader, a, a, a top Hezbollah terror operative, and perhaps not in Lebanon, by the way. Remember, Iran and Hezbollah are planted in Syria at Israel's doorstep, attempting to establish a beachhead there from which they can launch attacks against the Jewish state. Perhaps Israel targets a Hezbollah operative there. If you're in Israel's shoes, they don't believe they could just let this go by unanswered. Again, if this attack was successful to the degree that Hezbollah wanted it to be successful. It's horrible that one man was seriously injured, but hey, this could have been dozens of people killed and wounded. If that happened, Israel would have responded in a major way, but you have to think there will still be some sort of response from Israel because there was certainly major deadly intent behind this planted bombing. Now, I mentioned that Israel believes that this terrorist used a ladder to enter the Jewish state from Lebanon, but Hezbollah terror tunnels, folks, in recent years have been a very, very real threat. I went inside one a little while back here on the Watchmen. We're gonna go there to the Lebanon border inside a terror tunnel in a minute. But before we do, real quick, speaking of Israel prevailing over its enemies, Israelis will celebrate Passover in just two short weeks. Now, the holiday begins on April 5th and ends on April 13th, and it's a time when Israelis celebrate their freedom and God delivering them from the oppression of Pharaoh. Yet over two and a half million Israelis still live in poverty today, in 2023, including over one million Israeli children. Thankfully, our good friends at Mayor Panim are stepping up to help. First, Mayor Panim's top-notch restaurant-style soup kitchens are providing warm meals to these needy Israelis in a comfortable dining setting. And then Mayor Panim also delivers monthly grocery packages to families who can't make it out to one of their five Mayor Panim branches across Israel. Folks, I have seen the work Mayor Panim does up close, including providing meals for Holocaust survivors. We're proud to partner with this great Israeli organization here on The Watchmen and to fulfill the biblical mandate to bless the people of Israel. To help Mayor Panim provide Israel's hungry with the food and care they need this Passover, just visit mayorpanim.ericstackelbeck.com. Folks, it's a great cause that we truly believe in, so you will want to check that out. Speaking of the cause for freedom, the Israel Defense Forces were able to destroy several Hezbollah terror tunnels that were leading from southern Lebanon into northern Israel a few years back. But they did keep one of those tunnels open for the public to see, to see what Israel is up against in the north. I was joined by an Israel Defense Forces spokesman, former spokesman named Jonathan Conricus, Lieutenant Colonel, our good friend who took us deep inside one of these Hezbollah terror tunnels. Folks, this is the kind of story and segment you really won't see anywhere else. Take a look. You want to watch your head? You and I, we yes. got to be careful here. It, essentially, most of the time it's okay, but you got to yeah. be careful. It wasn't made for six foot three or <laughs> seven feet men. Yes. You can see on the way, original Hezbollah infrastructure, the wiring 
is wow. original. This is Hezbollah, uh, electrical work. Electrical work, we've added, again, for safety, yeah, the sure. lead lighting, which Hezbollah didn't have. But, but these steps that we're walking on, this is all Hezbollah crafted. This is a place where they did a turn. You see they yeah. went up this direction, excavated to the side so that they had room to pivot, and then chose a different direction. And very different from those Hamas tunnels, which we mentioned earlier, because this is rock and they are in sand, those Hamas tunnels? Yes, sand yeah. or sandstone, gotcha. which is very weak, and that needs to be supported. Here, in solid rock, there's no such challenge, right? It yeah. supports itself. And the only challenge that they have is that they have to excavate, drill through it. Yes. Which is different. And but harder I think for airstrikes, I, I guess. To and unfortunately, much better protected. Unfortunately. For them. Yeah. For them, yes. So let's continue down. You see the ventilation system here, the air pipes. That's original Hezbollah. Now we have connected our fresh air supply. You can feel the air coming out here. Yeah. Yeah, that's fresh air that we're pumping from above ground and connecting into Hezbollah's pipe, so that now that we go down, you and I, we have a supply of oxygen and uh, the other gases are pumped out. A very intricate operation by Hezbollah here. Intricate, deliberate. They are pros. Well-funded and clearly they knew what they were doing here. Yeah. And the funding comes from, at least some of it, well, the funding is uh, partially Hezbollah's own generated money. Yes. And uh, partially Iranian funds. Yes. Because this was a very secret and compartmentalized project. Mm -hmm. They were very careful about the sources of funding. This, by the way, is original Hezbollah lighting, the, uh, the, the, the light here, the bulb. That's original infrastructure that they left behind. And now we're going to go down the last flight, another left turn. Just in NASCAR, just like NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> and rest assured, the Iranian regime was very aware of this project. Definitely aware. Not only aware, but guiding and uh, uh, providing, uh, uh, as, as I said, money. Yes. So unlike precision-guided missiles that Iran has the knowledge and Hezbollah doesn't, tunneling is actually quite an expertise of Hezbollah. So they didn't need much outside uh, expertise because yes. they've got lots of years of experience with that. Mm. Now we're nearing, we're almost at 170 uh, feet depth. Wow. What an experience, folks, to be inside, deep inside that Hezbollah terror tunnel. Now the funding for that tunnel, much of the funding, undoubtedly came from Iran. The Iranian regime, as I mentioned earlier, funds and arms not only Hezbollah, but Hamas, Islamic Jihad, Shia militias in Syria and Iraq, and the Houthis in Yemen. But is that about to change? I'm talking about the Houthis in particular because Iran and Saudi Arabia in that China broker deal recently agreed to restore diplomatic relations and reportedly as part of this agreement, Iran is going to stop arming the Houthis in Yemen. So perhaps there can be some kind of peace agreement between the Houthis and the Saudi-led Arab coalition that's been going toe-to-toe -to -toe with them over the past several years. Now, Iran has supplied the Houthis with drones and ballistic missiles and rockets that they have used, as we've documented here in the newscast, to great effect, bombing not only Saudi Arabia, but targeting the United Arab Emirates as well. Is the Iranian regime about to rein the Houthis in 
as part of this agreement, again, brokered by China, we shall see. There's under two months now for this agreement between the Saudis and Iran to be formalized. Will Iran keep its word and stop arming the Houthis, or will it find an end around, which it has done many times in the past, not only through funding proxies, but with its nuclear program? Written agreements don't mean much to the Iranian regime. We'll see how this one pans out, but that is one to watch the effect this has on the Houthis, who have been threatening Israel, by the way, in recent years as well. Hey, before we go, quick programming note, uh, tomorrow, live stream here on the channel between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Join us live, bring your questions for our Q&A session. We'll hit on these topics, many more Bible prophecy, the chess pieces moving on the board today, and what comes next. That's tomorrow between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, thanks for joining us today here on The Watchman. God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.